We are live. What is going on, everybody? My name is Adam, and you are hopefully watching the Our Real Addiction podcast. Uh, we do have audio versions, but I mean, me personally would love for you guys to check them out on YouTube. And if you already haven't, please subscribe. Uh, but either way, if you are listening or if you're watching, you can find all the links to our social media pages pages down in the description below. Um, so go check that out. Um, we got a couple things I want to talk about. Well, really one thing. Uh, I'm going to be talking about poor things today because uh, I just I saw it the other night and I really want to talk about it. So I'm going to go through the box office and then we're just going to be talking about uh, poor things and really just my thoughts. I don't know how long this episode is really going to be, but I just want to give you my thoughts on this film because I think this film does a lot of things great. Uh, but I did have a couple gripes with it. Not too many. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I for the most part, I enjoyed it. I'm going to get more into that. But first, I'm going to run you through the box office for the final week of 2023 or the final weekend i should say for 2023 so uh coming in uh our well for here's the box office numbers for december 29th through the 31st uh coming in at number five is anybody but you making 8.8 million dollars um that brings its grand total up to 33 million dollars 27 of that being domestic and 5 million of that being international Coming in at number four is The Color Purple, the newest remake. Um, it made $11.7 million and currently sits at $46 million uh, worldwide. However, I should say that with an asterisk just because it hasn't been released uh, worldwide. Its only run has been domestic this last week and a half. It's been out roughly a week and a half. Um, but that is the remake of the original film. I think it's like a 50s film. Um, I haven't seen it though. Uh, coming in at number three is Migration, making seven point or excuse me, seventeen million dollars, bringing its grand total up to one hundred and five million dollars. Uh, Fifty nine million of that being domestic and forty six million of that being international, giving us a grand total of one hundred and five million dollars. Coming in at number two is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom making 18.3 million dollars bringing its grand total up to 255 million um 81 of that being domestic and 173 million of that being international uh and finally coming in at number one is wonka making 22.5 million dollars uh bringing its grand total up to 384 million uh, 139 of that being domestic and 144 of that excuse me 244 million of that being uh excuse me international so yeah no surprise um with this box office um uh six seven and eight are the boys in the boat the iron claw iron claw the iron claw and ferrari which are all films that are uh, being talked about right now i do want to see the iron claw just because i am a real big uh well i'm a wrestling fan so the story of the Von Erichs is a fantastic one, so I do want to check that out. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I forgot to mention before we get into any of uh, anything else, uh, and by anything else I do mean poor things. Uh, check out all past episodes of Movie News Monday and the podcast. Like I said, we I am currently working on getting all the old episodes onto the podcast so that you guys, or excuse me, onto the YouTube channel just for you guys, uh, just for anybody who wants to see some of the older later videos uh, can definitely check them out. Um, I have had a couple requests just because I do have buddies on there who haven't been able to find those old YouTube channels that are, excuse me, old videos that were on another YouTube channel. Um, so definitely go check our, so definitely just uh, stay posted for that because there's probably, there might be a week where, I take a week off from the podcast just to upload all of those videos because honestly, there's about a good year's worth of episodes, maybe a little more um, of videos for to me to upload. So uh, I don't know how or maybe maybe we might have to take a little maybe I might have to take a little hiatus from the podcast uh, to upload all those just so it's not completely bombarded. Um but yeah, definitely stay tuned for that because I do want to get those up on the on the channel just for you guys to see all the older stuff. Um, but we're just gonna get right into poor things. Uh, if you haven't already, um, poor things is a, essentially a new take on Frankenstein. Um, at least that's how I understood it. And I want to say when I originally talked about this film months ago on the podcast, I believe that's how it was advertised to being a new modern look at uh our modern take on uh frankenstein slash the bride of frankenstein um and so i finally got around to seeing it i know joseph talked about it last week on the podcast saying it was one of his favorite films of the year of 2022 and yeah i mean i can i can definitely i don't I actually i don't know if i necessarily agree but i can agree that this film is absolutely fantastic um, there was a couple things in this film that I really, really, really did love. Um, so obviously, like he mentioned, the world building, uh, the world building was fantastic. There were so many colors and there were some, uh, well, color palettes and there were so many great things that really made the world's definitive. I say worlds and cities cause they are on earth and they do travel from city to city, excuse me. Um, so the world building, in my opinion, was like like Joseph said, was absolutely fantastic. It is one of the great, or sorry, probably the best of the film. Best thing of the film is the world building, because we spend a lot of time in these in these different locations that are that are in the film, and we spend a lot of time getting to know these places and what they're kind of and getting a sense of how they really run and like how different they are from each individual um, individual play our individual city within the film so there's london there's paris um and there's a couple other other cities in europe um that are and then uh that are in the film and then even uh there's a there's a couple there's a few scenes in the film that does take place on a boat so it it, it or i should say on a uh, yeah on a boat on a, like a, a cruise so it was really really fantastic um and I just feel like like we got to see kind of like the everyday life in these cities. And I feel like that was a really, really fun part of the film or a really good part about the film because, again, it really engulfs you into the world and the different worlds of these different cities that they were showing us within uh, within this in this story of poor things. Um, another thing that I really, really loved is the camera work. Um, 
I love, absolutely love the camera work. There were so many interesting lenses used. And at some point we got fisheye lens, which I thought looked fantastic. It looked really, really cool. But there were also like the camera was worked really, really well in this, in, I should say in this film, just because I feel like it was, there were zooms a part of it that really, really helped and really intensified some scenes, making you feel that almost like emotional distress that you should be feeling in, in the film. Um, and another thing I like, if you, again, light spoilers, um, kind of, well, actually at this point, spoilers, uh, completely, uh, from here on out, I guess you can say, but one thing I really loved is how different Emma Stone's characters both were. Uh, if you if you don't know eventually, or well, if you haven't seen the film, spoilers again. Uh, essentially, Emma Stone plays two characters in this film. Uh, we only get a glimpse of flashbacks and even uh, interactions and kind of like these um, callbacks to this character in the film. But we never fully see her fleshed out as the first character. And I even forget the first name. Um but essentially, uh, Emma Stone plays uh, Bella, Bella Baxter in this film, and she lived a past life. Essentially, uh, Emma Stone's original character kills herself while she's pregnant. She jumps off a bridge, and she commits suicide in that way. And that is where William Defoe's character finds her and essentially removes the baby and its brain and essentially attaches that brain, the baby brain, to Emma Stone's character. I'll get more into that. But... Um, I love how different the characters were and how I guess you can say how much it really worked because I feel like it really worked when they were having moments call back to it because it almost like at the end of the film, I feel like they spent a lot of time with developing uh, like uh, Bala's life, her new life, but also her past life even when they came back to it. So it was really nice. Like at the end, we kind of came full circle, uh, with, with the, with all the characters involved in this film. Um, one of the lower points, and I don't want to say it's like a lower point. Um, I guess you can, well, like for me personally, I feel like there was just way too much nudity in this film for the sake of just having nudity and kind of being like a film that's just like way out there because this if you watch this film this film was way way out there um it's a yeah for lack of better term it's a chaotic film i don't want to say it's a messy film because it's not um but so there were some nudity uh some nudity in the film that i just don't think was like necessary if again like it just felt like they had nudity in this film for the sake of for the sole purpose of simply just having uh nudity like nudity in this film uh, I just feel like there were many, many scenes where you could have effectively told this story without having Emma Stone or anybody else nude in this film. Um, outside of the scenes where William Defoe's character Godwin is um, uh, do, performing surgery on, or I should say autopsies on, on the bodies, I feel like that was completely necessary because he essentially is the mad scientist. But a lot of like the sex scenes and a lot of the scenes where Emma Stone was nude, uh, majority of them, honestly, in my opinion, if not all, weren't necessary. I understand the story they were kind of, they were, they were telling um, as coming as a person just coming into their own and like developing um i just don't think it was necessary to effectively tell this story you could have effectively told this story without having any of it and have all the key plot points and all the key uh i guess uh storytelling subplot plot points um come back and just be fine um and be just as good in my opinion 
Um, I also too. Um, oh, I well, I will add. I feel like that's kind of just like a nitpick, just because. Uh, like the in my opinion, the nudity doesn't necessarily take away from the film, like I said, but it also doesn't add to it. So it's kind of just like unnecessarily there. But I understand what they're saying. Um, also too, uh, I gotta say, I really love the dynamic of the relationship that uh, Emma Stone's character and um uh, and. William Defoe had together in this film. I feel like they were just so good together on set as adoptive father and daughter relationship. It was really, really fantastic. And again, William Defoe just knocks it out of the park and in a film like this. Um, I feel like also Mark Ruffalo was a fantastic film or excuse me, was a fantastic part of this film. Um, if you, if you don't like, if you haven't seen the movie, he like, for lack of a better term, he's kind of just like a whiny bitch and it's funny and it works so well. Um, because he, he truly does add a, another level to this, to this film. And I just think it worked really, really well. Um, and also too, like I said, like the callbacks to like her past, like there, there's a scene specifically where, she um where she is so essentially in the film she is essentially coming into her own like so at the film she's infant uh, her mindset is very infant she is literally a baby because she has the she had she had an infant mind obviously put in or infant brain placed into her brain and so that brain started growing once it was attached to a um once it was attached to a living body or a body that he was able to save. It is revealed that he was able to save her, um, whether he should have or not, which is something he kind of willing to pose character struggles, which with, which I think is really cool is that his morality of what he's done, but also loving or also, also, also loving his work, I should say. Um, um, so there's a scene where I think she goes to like Greece or Athens might be the same place. If, uh, if it is, I do apologize. Uh, the American school system failed me. That's all I'll say. Um, so um, ba- uh, there's a scene where she does travel to a world and one of the characters takes her off uh, offshore or off the boat to shore and they're basically having uh, like dinner and then they oversee basically where these these babies have died from starvation or they've been eating uh, in this like third world country. Uh, and essentially her, uh, Bella Emma Stone's character, her thing to do is essentially jump off of this like broken staircase. And I think it's just a really nice callback to her past character because of the fact that they were, they were showing that, Hey, even though this is ultimately a different person because of the brain that is developing into, into uh Bala's character, her, her, her natural instincts were to still once again, jump off and commit attempt to commit suicide. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I thought that was just really, really nice uh, about this film. Also, too, I don't know who played, um, like, the uh, her boyfriend and, like, also studied her. Let me look it up. Um, he plays Max. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, Rami Youssef. Um, his character was just, like, completely, I don't want to say, like, pointless and useless because he was a scientist himself, and he was very much interested in Emma's, uh, in Bala's life and, like, her development. Um, <clears throat> he was just kind of pointless. He was just kind of there. He did serve a, like, he did serve purpose towards the end, but it was of for the soul. It was for the sole purpose of kind of giving the character like a happy ending, uh, in the sense of her, like they get married and I don't know if they have kids. Um, 
But yeah, it, it, like his character, kind of just in my opinion, a little pointless. Um, overall, though, I think it was, it was, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it was just abs- It was fantastic. Um, but overall, I I enjoyed this film. Um, it is an instant classic. Uh, and if you don't know, it jumps from black to white. Uh, some of the scenes. Uh, majority of the present day, or I should say, when you don't know. What happened to her is um is when is is when it's black and white, and when you finally start to realize what's happening, that's when things kind of start to turn to color. So again, if you haven't like if you haven't seen the film, really quickly, I'll, I'll explain it. Essentially, uh, Bella Baxter, like I said, is a young woman who has died while she was pregnant, and then um, Doctor Godwin Baxter is basically puts her back together, brings her back to life. That's this. That is where you get the sense of a new interpretation of Frankenstein. Um, so, as she's growing, as her mind is growing, she's obviously developing more as a human. She's developing more as a person. She's coming into her own. She's growing up, literally. Even though she is stuck, she at the entire time, whether she has a child's mind, she is stuck in a in a in a grown adult's body. Um, and so we see the progression of where. She acts like a toddler. She's throwing tantrums. She's throwing things, breaking things. We see all that. Then we see her when she's um, when she starts to grow up and kind of becomes a mid-teen, a little bit of like a, a young adult. Then we see by the end of the film, she's a fully blown, uh, uh, grown uh, adult, I should say. And it just and it, it, like the film just works really well. Uh, it is two and a half hours, um, which. You kind of, uh, at least for me, I didn't really check my phone, or excuse me, I didn't check my watch, and there like there have been countless times this film uh, this year or past year in 2023 where I would look down at my watch and be like, okay, I still have an hour of this. This is kind of dragging. I didn't really feel that with this film um, at all. I mean, I don't remember. I can't really remember checking my watch. I'm sure I did because I just naturally do it, just to, you know, for other purposes, just to see if I received any. In- important messages that I need to respond to quickly, but, um, <clears throat> but out of the purpose of being bored. Yeah. I don't think I ever really, uh, check this film or check my watch for the sole purpose of, okay, I still have an hour or something like that. Um, but I do want to give uh, credit to Yargos, um, Yargos Lanamos, who is the director of this film and also writers, uh, Tony Minar, McNara, McNara, Naramara, and all that oh my gosh i apologize alaster gray uh if i if i butcher all those names which i am more than positive that i did i do apologize um but uh but yeah the film was absolutely fantastic uh the budget was only 35 million dollars i saved 35 million dollars like it's pocket change um but yeah i mean 35 million dollars it is fantastic i think it was really really well um it's uh box office i do believe is on the lower side i'm gonna double check that for you really really quickly um yeah it's at 10 million dollars however it's only well it's only been released domestically it's been out about a month now came out december 8th um i if i do remember it is a limited release in theaters right now um so it could be coming to more theaters soon um yeah, I, I at least I would assume it is. <coughs> Excuse me. 
But I would suggest checking it out. I would suggest checking it out just because I think it's worthwhile. This is completely different from anything I feel Emma Stone has done before. Uh, a lot of her... A lot of her roles are kind of goofy, campy, funny characters, um, you know, where she is a, 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 I don't want to say like typecast, but like, I feel like she's in a lot of like high school movies. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, excuse me. I'm battling a cold, but, um, this is a film where she is portraying <clears throat> multiple characters, uh, and the same character at a different age. Uh, so there's a plethora of range of her which we all know she has because she is a fantastic actor. Um, I do believe this is going to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, I'm going to cut this. <coughs> like I said, I do think this is going to be nominated for Best Motion Picture or nominated for some awards. I can definitely see that happening. Um and I, I would happy, I'd be happy to see this. Uh, was it on one of my favorite films for 2023? I don't think so. I really don't. Uh, I'm probably leaning towards no as I as I speak about it more. But again, it was a fantastic film. I really, really enjoyed it, and I would suggest checking it out. Outside of the nudity, um, where it like just felt unnecessary, the film really, really good, really good storytelling. Um, Really good world building. Really a lot of good colors, even the scenes that are in black and white, uh, and a lot of amazing camera work. I think that it was when that is something I do like is that the camera work was very very noticeable about how good it was. Um, there's only one scene in the entire film that I remember clearly that is like shaky cam, not shaky cam, but it was the camera angle was just like wiggling so much that was so noticeable in my opinion. Um, there's only one scene I remember specifically that happening, um, outside of it, super, super fantastic, but I hope I convinced you guys to go see it. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of our real addiction. Um, as always, I'm Adam. And again, you can find all our past episodes soon here on the, our real addiction are here on the, our real addiction YouTube channel. You can already find them audio version in the past episodes before. Um, and if you haven't, Check out all the, link, all the links to our social media. As always, I'm Adam. We'll catch you in the next video, our next episode of this podcast.